Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of In Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslan and I'm the host of this podcast and I'm so excited for this week's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because it's going to be 25 things I've learned at 25 years old. Because the day this episode drops, I am turning, you guessed it, 25. Which is fabulous because it totally validates all of my quarter-life crises that I've been having. So we love that. We love being able to justify it on turning 25. But I'm really excited. I've typically always done these episodes. I honestly don't know if I've done one... I don't think I did one last year and I don't think I did one the year before. I might have done one at 23. Um, but it's just so crazy because I have felt 22 since I've been 22. And it's definitely because of COVID because like I turned 22 to the month after COVID hit. But it's like I've just anytime like someone asks me what age I am, I always want to say 22. And I feel like I still have not like a 22 year old mentality, but just in my head, I'm like, I'm in my early 20s. And I'm not, like I'm literally in my mid-20s now, so, which is just so crazy. And the other day when I like mentioned my birthday was like next Monday to someone at 45, they were like, oh, are you turning like 22? And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm turning 25, but I do think I'm 22. And yeah, I just can't believe I'm 25 years old or about to be 25 years old because I'm not recording this on the day the episode drops, obviously. But I'm really excited to do this episode and I didn't do it last year because like obviously this is something that would be really redundant if I did it annually. Um, However, I feel like this year for my 25 things learned, some of the things are going to be things that you've heard me say over the past year just in much more short form content or short form like sentences and everything. Um, Things I've mentioned in episodes before that I've really expanded on and drawn out explanations for and everything but today the point is to just kind of you know have a punchline 25 different little punchline sayings for the things I've learned and like briefly elaborate on them if I wish to but I actually feel like I have a lot of things in this list that I haven't had in my blank things learned at blank age episodes before because I know I did one when I turned 22 and I think I did one when I turned 23 but I don't think I did when I turned 24 so I do feel like this one's going to be different from my 22nd and 23rd year and I honestly feel like a lot of the stuff that's in this episode this week for the 25 things I learned are things that I've definitely learned or maybe not learned this year but noticed the most and realized or seen as a recurring theme in my life the most over the last year. So I'm really excited to share them with y'all. And I've just kind of for the last like two weeks just been kind of adding things to this list until I got the 25 instead of forcing myself to sit down and just come up with things. Because I feel like if I were to sit down and just plan this episode, it wouldn't have been as authentic and organic as if I just put things in a list over the span of a few weeks. Because doing that I'm doing it as things come to my head. Whereas if I were to sit down and just plan this in one sitting, I would be searching out things. You know what I mean? Like I could probably come up with five to 10 off the top of my head, but then the rest of them, I'd be like, oh, I need 15 more. Let me like 
look up some articles of that people have done this and see which ones relate to me and then add them to my list. So this is like super, super authentic because it's just been a list that I've been accumulating things on for a few weeks now at this point. But y'all know the deal before we get started. Let's get started with the quote from this or for this week's episode. It's from Pinterest, but it's actually a tweet from Join Us the Brave on Twitter. And the quote says, you are not a machine. You are more like a garden. You need different things on different days. A little sun today, a little less water tomorrow. You have follow and fruitful seasons. It is not a design flaw. It is wiser than perpetual sameness. What does your garden need today? If you expect a garden to produce things with the same regularity and sameness as a machine, you will be disappointed. If you try to maintain a garden the same way you would a machine, you will destroy it. The same is true of your body and emotional life given to your garden. I thought this was a beautiful um, little visualization and a great way to think of our emotional health and our bodies and everything and just who we are as people. And I know that just with the way capitalism is and the way that sort of the world has come to be over the years and with sort of the assembly line model being the basis of basically everything in our lives and maximizing efficiency and productivity and profit, it really turns into that assembly line mentality across the board and not just in work and schooling and education. Because I feel like it was, you know, initially something that we only really applied to our schooling and education and work, but then it's inevitably sort of bled into every other aspect of our lives where we're trying to maximize efficiency, maximize productivity, or maximize profit, whatever it may be, and in whatever terms it may be for like our bodies and everything and ourselves and emotional health too. And that's just sort of what it's come to. So this is just a good reminder that we are not machines as human beings and we just need to really think of ourselves as gardens. And this sort of, I'm going to have a point in my 25 things learned that sort of emphasizes this, but you know, we don't need the same thing every single day and we can't expect to give ourselves the same inputs and get the same outputs with each and every day because we're going to require something different every day. And we have to remember that and give ourselves that grace and really, you know, take a step back and ask ourselves what we need in our day-to-day life because we can't, you know, treat ourselves like machines that can just, you know, be flipped on with a switch and just produce, 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 produce output consistently and, you know, know what to expect and then turn it off with the switch, you know what I mean? And that's just really important for us to remember because I feel like everything is about, you know, maximizing efficiency and profit more than ever these days. And I just really feel that pressure all the time, especially working at a ginormous corporation. I, you know, just kind of feel that way all the time. And even if I didn't work at a big corporation, I'd feel the pressure to be monetizing like everything in my life, which is such a intense pressure and feeling that I'm just like not very fond of so it's just good to remember that you know not everything needs to be that way and you know we will have seasons that are fruitful and we will have seasons that are not fruitful and it's just a part of life so that's the quote for this week I just really liked it I thought it was a very beautiful illustration of that whole concept and for my goal this week my goal is to just celebrate life Um, With turning 25, I'm one of those people, and I know I've talked about this on my birthday episodes before, but I'm one of those people that 
pretty much always cries on their birthday. I hate it about myself, but it's honestly just who I am and I'm embracing it at this point. And I've talked to friends before and I've told them this and they've like literally looked at me like I was crazy when I've told them that I cry like every year on my birthday. I'd say it started in high school at some point. I was talking to my friend Savannah about it a couple weeks ago. I was like, I think it's just because, you know, you have like when it's my friend's birthdays or, you know, someone in my life's birthday, if I don't know, I just always like really try to make them feel special, especially if I'm going to be seeing them in person. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it is their day. I will do whatever they want, like that kind of thing. And I know, and I'm not saying that like my friends suck and like haven't treated me good on my birthdays. I'm just saying there's been instances in the past, like a long time ago, I feel like where I had these unrealistic expectations for my birthday and not saying in a sense of having everyone sort of celebrate me and it be all about me. Those weren't my expectations. My expectations in the past have been to have like a perfect happiness level 1 million day and it's like if I'm not happy in my day-to-day life already what about it being my birthday is going to make me you know have this rapid increase in feelings of happiness I can't just expect oh just because it's my birthday I'm gonna be you know immensely happier today and like yeah there's a little bit more joy associated with the day but like if I'm not doing enough to make myself happy in my life as is what about my birthday is going to make it, you know, the most perfect day. And I think I just kind of had that realization in recent years of like, okay, I can't have these unrealistic expectations for it to be the best day ever. And I think that because birthdays were such a big deal when we were little, and then when you sort of grow up and they become like less and less of a big deal, or there actually have been birthdays in the past where people have let me down and Or it's just been, I felt really alone. And I think as a coping mechanism and sort of to protect myself from feeling that way on my birthday again, I've just sort of really lowered my expectations and just kind of like always end up crying because it's a mix of just like, oh my gosh, I'm another year older. I'm a really emotional person. So I'm gonna be emotional about that. And it's a mix of gratitude for even having another year to live and for all the things that have happened in the last year. And then it's just a mix of crying because I cry on my birthday so it's just like this whole thing but basically I just really want to celebrate life and I took my birthday off this week um or this this year and I'm actually really excited about that um which last year my birthday was on a Sunday so I didn't have to worry about it but um I am really glad that I took the day off because I wasn't going to but I was like honestly I can just because I was really next week is my first like probably normal non-busy season week so I was like what better way to kick it off than with taking off my birthday so I'm looking forward to just sort of doing things I love and having myself a day I'm you know gonna go to a workout class I'll probably go get a coffee somewhere um I'll probably spend some time outside maybe go to the pool you know that kind of thing and just enjoy the day and make the most of it but I really just want to celebrate life the whole week and my fiance's birthday is the day before mine so I want to celebrate him too and I really just want to celebrate life especially with you guys if you've been listening you know that I recently lost my grandma and I I just life is so precious and there's been many things that have reminded me of that lately um many many instances and I never want to you know take that for granted that I you know woke up today and I'm healthy and I always want to celebrate that every day and yeah I really just want to focus on that this week and then my gratitude this week I am so grateful for my friendships I facetimed one of my close friends Katie 
from college last night and she's actually been on the podcast before way back in like 2019 which that was like one of the last times I've seen her in person which is crazy we haven't seen each other in person in almost four years and she lives abroad in Germany and we FaceTime last night to catch up and lately I've just like had this really heavy not heavy but strong feeling of gratitude for my friendships in my life because I had the realization that my friendships are have been like something that's been so strong and so consistent over a number of years. I I was like looking for a picture on my Instagram and it was so crazy for me to like scroll back and see pictures with the same few people all the time. And I'm like, how amazing and incredible is it that those friends and myself, like we've maintained friendships for over years, despite, you know, huge life changes with going from college to being in the post-grad world and not even living in the same city like majority all but like one of my friends live in Houston honestly so it's like absolutely wait I think I said that wrong only one of my friends lives in Houston and then like everybody else is like spread out across country but anyways it's so crazy to me that I that we've maintained those friendships and that they're as strong as they are and you know I have a different dynamic with each of my friendships in terms of like how often we communicate and how we communicate and everything and it's just beautiful to see how they all sort of seamlessly work the way they do and they're all very different and I think it's a good reminder that like every friendship you have with like each person is going to be different like I have some friends that I text literally every single day I have friends that I never text um, and we only talk when we see each other in person I have friends that we just FaceTime and catch up with every now and then and it's just I'm so grateful because I truly feel like a lot of like a lot of people can't say that they've, you know, been able to maintain friendships throughout all of the craziness of college and then past college and into the postgrad life. Um, and it's just something I'm really, really grateful for. And I even have friendships that I am still really strong in that have been here since high school. So to think that we've gone through the change of high school to college, gone through all of college and gone through the change of college to postgrad and still maintained our friendship is just so beautiful to me. And I'm just so thankful for all of the people in my life, really, but extra thankful lately for my friendships. So that's my gratitude for this week. But because this episode's probably going to end up being a chatty one, let's go ahead and get into the 25 lessons and things that I've learned at 25 years old. Number one, you don't need to go fast in order to go far. And basically, this is just saying, you know, there have been so many things in my life where I felt like if I don't get whatever it is achieved, accomplished, or done by a certain day, by a certain age, whatever it is, that that opportunity is completely missed and it's completely out the window. And that's just absolutely not the case. And we think, especially with social media and the pressure to you know have things really quickly or have things at the same age as other people and the constant comparison, we're always you know trying to have as much as possible as quick as possible. And I just really have learned that you know you don't have to go one at the same pace of other people, and two, you don't have to go fast in order to go far. Like you can go far and it be a journey of many many years or you can go far and it be a journey of one year but the pace you go at doesn't matter it's just the journey itself that matters not the pace of it and the second thing number two is there's nothing a good margarita and laughter can't fix i there is nothing that gives me more i mean 
there's a lot of things that give me, you know, good serotonin and good vibes, but there is a specific type of serotonin and good vibes associated with getting dinner with your friends and getting a good margarita and just having a good time. You know what I mean? Like, I love nothing more than going and getting a drink with my close friend or close friends and just being in the moment, like laughing, having good authentic conversation, just having a good drink that you enjoy. And it's honestly a form of therapy for me and I love it. Like I absolutely love days like that where you just like are like, you know what, let's go grab some dinner and a drink and you just sort of hang out and have a good time. And there's nothing but a good margarita and laughter can't fix. Obviously that's not technically speaking true, but you get the idea. Number three is you are not supposed to fit your clothes. Your clothes are supposed to fit you. And I'm sure you all have heard this saying before, but I learned this past year finally that I just needed to stop buying things in an effort to have them fit my body perfectly. Like I would, I would buy something and then I'd like wear it. And then I would realize after one or two wears that it didn't really flatter me or that it didn't really fit me the way I wanted it to. And then I would sell it or donate it. And then I would be in this endless cycle of trying to purchase the perfect thing to fit my body type. But then I'm like, why am I trying, you know, to do do this and like force something that's not made to fit my body to for me to fit into it? And it's just so exhausting. It's a never ending cycle. And I finally this past year, I took my all of my pants and my jeans to get tailored and taken in where they needed to be taken in and him to the right length and let me tell you just stop spending money repurchasing things and constantly returning things until you find the perfect one and just go get the things you do have and the things you do like tailored to fit you because you'll spend a lot less money in the long run will it be expensive to get your clothes tailored yes I spent probably three or four hundred dollars getting like 10 to 12 pairs of jeans and work pants hemmed and taken in But every single one of my pairs, I had to get the waist done and the length done. So, and I had probably eight pairs of jeans and then like three pairs of work pants. So it was a lot and it's expensive. And that's just me being transparent with the price because I don't want to sit here and tell you to go do that. And then you take literally all of your clothes and be like shocked at the price because I was definitely shocked at the price. I knew it was going to be, I was thinking more of like the 200, 250 range. So I was a little shocked, but I was prepared because I was like, look, I spend this much annually trying to get things to work and then I never there has never been a time where I've put something on and I've been like yep this fits me perfectly but of course not because not all of our bodies are the same and that's something to be celebrated and we shouldn't be trying to force ourselves you know into clothes that aren't even made to fit us in the first place and we should instead go get our clothes to fit us and you know it's just I I always have tried to force myself to fit into boxes when it comes to style and force myself to fit into types of clothing that just straight up aren't flattering on my body type. Like I feel like majority of things are made for just more taller and like slender and lean figures, but that's just not going to be everybody's body. And it's really hard to find like what works best for you and what's more flattering on you. But if there's one thing I've learned in terms of like clothing, you know, stop trying to force everything that you buy and own to, you know, stop trying to force yourself to fit into those things and just go get them fitted to you instead because it's a way better investment you're not going to be you know constantly buying things and returning things and once you have things that actually do fit you really well it really 
diminishes that desire to go and purchase more because you won't be impulse spending like, oh, like I still don't have a pair of jeans that fit me right, so I'm just gonna buy another pair. And then you have 10 pairs of jeans before you know it that don't, none of them fit you. So if you just go get the ones you do have fitted to fit you, or once you find a good pair and get them to fit you, you won't be having that desire to go find some. You know what I mean? Because it will be, that desire will have been taken care of once you go get them made to fit you. And number four is that, People-pleasing can turn into resentment if you're not careful. So I resentment has been such a interesting thing that I have sort of learned about over the years. And basically, you know, I think that if you are not communicating, which is something that typically goes hand-in-hand with people-pleasing, because people-pleasers tend to just sort of automatic, their automatic response is to do what's best for the people around them to make them happy, the, the people around them happy. And it doesn't ever require a check-in with the people pleaser themselves of asking what they want. And it what it turns into is not communicating because the people pleaser is too busy trying to please everyone around them that they aren't communicating their own needs and their own wants and desires. And then what ends up happening is after a period of time of constantly neglecting their own desires and their own wants and everything and not communicating them after a period of time that turns into resentment because their needs and their desires aren't one being met aren't two being listened to but three the reason why they're not being met and listened to is because the people pleaser isn't communicating them and it's just been such an interesting thing to learn because I've learned it in the workplace I over you know many many years I've learned it in relationships I've learned it in friendships, and it's just something that I have really just come to realize, especially at 25, you know, like if I don't stand up for myself and communicate in the first place, how can I expect any of my needs and desires to be met or even attempted to be like listened to or heard if I'm not communicating them in the first place? And that's literally just going to turn into resentment, which is going to cause things to be so much rockier and more, you know, hostile than they ever needed to be in the first place just because you didn't manage to communicate. And it's hard. It's really hard to come to that realization and like actually make that change in your personal life. But it is so, so important to do so. Number five, You can't let others' outdated opinions undermine your growth or worth. And what I mean by this is I feel like there's, especially once you've sort of like left your hometown and you've gone to college and then you've like left your college town and gone to, you know, your post-grad life, or maybe you've never left your hometown and you're just like living your best adult life now, whatever the case may be, there are people who will have known you your whole life or Maybe there's people who don't even know you in person and they just think they know you. Like when I think of, you know, content creators and influencers, for example, and people in their following that have followed them for a long time and are holding them to a, you know, old version of themselves, whether that's people in your life that you do know or whether that's, you know, say you're a content creator and influencer and there's people that have been following you for forever and they're expecting you to stay the exact same person in the exact same way you were when they first either became friends with you or first started consuming your content, whatever it may be. And it's like, we're humans. If you expect someone to be the exact same person 
that they were, you know, when you knew them five years ago or three years ago or whatever it may be, then you were really holding a totally unrealistic expectation in your own head and having a standard for them that's impossible to maintain because we're humans and we grow and we change and we evolve and you know hopefully we're growing and changing evolving into better people day by day and you know working on ourselves and you know just learning things and being a better person than we were the day before and of course that's what you can hope um but ultimately you can't dwell on the people's opinions of you who aren't giving you the grace to grow and become the person that you know you're meant to be and when you have someone in your life that's like constantly saying but you used to do this or you used to be this way and it's like really bringing you down you can't let that perspective from that other person impact your outlook and view of yourself and let it impact your own self-worth and how you see yourself or let it undermine the growth that you have done. They're unrealistically expecting you to be the same person you were last year or a couple months ago or five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it may be. And number six is that there are few things in life that make us feel like we can escape our own minds. Cling to those things and prioritize them often. So I love anything that forces me to sort of be present and anything that sort of keeps me occupied to where I have to be focused on what I'm doing in the present moment and I can't be thinking about what I'm doing the next day or thinking about what happened yesterday or something that forces me to not multitask because I am like a chronic multitasker. I'm always, you know, have something going on in my brain or I'm like doing multiple things at once and it's like causing my memory to be so bad. So I absolutely love when there is something in my life that makes me feel just internally quiet and still and at peace and some of those things include being at the beach surfing reading um, cooking or baking which granted I have days where I'm doing those things and my mind doesn't shut up but ultimately these are things that I notice that I just feel the most internally at peace and another thing is like going to a workout class because workout classes really just force me to be in the moment because it's like I am locked in for this 45 minutes or however long it is and like this is where I am right now so I just need to give where I am right now my all and give it what I got because that is what I am here for and it's like I can't do anything else in this moment besides this so I need to commit to it. So it's really important to find those things that bring you the most internal peace as possible and just make your mind feel the most quiet and engage in those activities as much and as often as you can and make them a priority in your life. So not only just like trying to do them as much as you can but really and truly making them a priority. Number seven, no one is going to take the chance for you. This one has been so hard for me to learn, and it's one of those things I've learned, but I haven't implemented in my life. I always find myself like telling my therapist, like, I wish God himself would just like literally come out of the sky and be like, Abby, do this, or Abby, don't do that, and like just had some sort of divine guidance like that because I just, one, I can't really discern that inner guidance if I, you know, am trying to listen to it very well, and maybe that's something I need to work on, but I'm somebody that has a strong intuition, and I have a strong gut, but I tend to get, like, 
once my mind starts getting involved and I start thinking about things too much and overanalyzing them, which I always naturally do, I can't really define the line between my gut versus like my head. And because that's usually what happens is it's like, I'll have a gut feeling. And if I don't act right then, then I give myself way too much time to overanalyze and overthink. And then I can't discern between what's my head and what's my gut. And I end up making a lot of decisions based on my head because of that. So it's just really tough. And I always want someone to make my decisions for me and, you know, take chances for me because I'm risk averse and I just like don't want to make really risky decisions or do things that are going to put me in a position to feel vulnerable or unsafe. So I cling to safety for dear life. And I just honestly feel like I put things off thinking that if I put them off long enough and if I don't take the risk or take the chance, that it'll just sort of happen for me. And that's not a way to live because it's not just going to happen for you. Like nothing's going to happen if you don't take that action or make that change or do it yourself and it's really hard to like accept that as somebody who really struggles with making decisions and as somebody who's really risk averse but it's really important to remember that you know no one is going to take that chance for you and that it really is up to you to take those chances when you have them because just because you tell yourself that you're gonna wait and put it off doesn't mean that it's going to automatically happen number eight the pain of failure is better than the pain of not trying And this one's also really hard to learn and kind of related to the last one in the sense that, you know, I, there are things in life where I know that it is so much better to just try and fail than it is to, you know, want to do something, not try, and then always ask yourself, what if the rest of your life, you know, what if I would have taken that chance or what if I would have tried this? How would my life be different? Would my life be different? And what would have changed because obviously things would be different if you, you know, had made different decisions and everything. And ultimately, I firmly believe that it is better to try and fail than it is to, you know, not try and wish that you would have and wonder what if for the rest of your life. And that one's really pretty plain and simple. And I would rather, you know, try and fail all day long and like learn the lessons from failure than to like prolong learning the lessons from not trying because if you never try you will you learn the lesson that you would learn from failing probably at some point but you're not going to learn it as soon as you would if you just tried and failed rather than if you try to you know protect yourself from failure and sort of just keep yourself from failing because you don't like the way it looks to other people or you don't like the way it feels And it's better to just go ahead and learn that lesson from trying and failing than to prolong it or delay learning the lesson if you never try. Number nine, taking care of your health is the absolute best thing you can do with your time and money. I just did my wellness habits that have changed my life uh, episode last week. And if you haven't listened to it, definitely go listen to it because I've just really been on like my wellness grind and in my wellness era and it's, I hope it lasts forever. And I find myself thinking almost daily like, I just want to do something and like live a life that prioritizes this and I want others to see it in me and like I don't really know how to make that a integral part of my life and really align it with my lifestyle or align my day-to-day life with that desired lifestyle because I just truly feel 
my absolute best when I'm taking, putting in that effort, like the time and, you know, the money to just be my best self and be my best self in terms of my health, you know, like prioritize movement, prioritize getting exercise, prioritizing eating whole foods and getting the nutrients that my body needs, especially with working out often. And I just know with, oh my gosh, just with getting older, it's just, it becomes more and more apparent. And it's so much easier to just start the habit when you're young. And while you don't have kids and while you're not, you know, totally consumed by a really demanding job and like maybe your job is really demanding right out of college like mine has been especially seasonally speaking it's so much better to already have those habits established because it's going to be harder to establish them the older you get because you just get more and more responsibility as you get older and it will be you will have a lot more valid excuses as you get older as to why you don't prioritize your health so it's better to just start it and get in the habit and invest your time and your money and your energy into it when you're young because it will be so much harder when you're older. And I want nothing more than to be in like the best possible health I can be in when it's time for me to become a mother and when it's time, you know, for not when it's time, but when I am, you know, like a wife and when I am a daughter and all of those things, like I just want to be in my best possible health so that I can be there in every way, shape, and form for the people in my life and show up as my best self every day because it is movement and properly fueling my body are the things that make me feel my best at the end of the day. They are the things that I, you know, get endorphins from and they are the things that genuinely provide me actual energy to live my life. And if I am not doing them, I cannot live my life to its fullest potential. So, it's seriously life-changing once you adopt that mindset and I encourage you to just do what works best for you within your budget and find something that allows you to you know feel great at the end of the day and get your movement in in whatever way you can it does not have to look a specific way it doesn't need to be at a specific place just do what works best for you and don't compare yourself to others in that regard and the next one which is number 10 is to hug your loved ones and give them a call and with each you know, year of getting older, I realize it never gets easier. I was talking about this in a vlog recently, how it's just so hard for me to say bye to my parents when I like go back to Florida and visit them or when they come and visit me because I feel like I'm living in an alternate reality when I'm living in their world or they're living in my world. And then when I have to like, when I have that reality check and it hits me that like, that's not my life and that we aren't close to each other it really hits me really hard and it's like this really hard come down from like a high place and it's a hard feeling and it never gets easier. You would think it gets easier the more you do it, but it literally only gets harder because you just get older and you realize each time that you have less and less time with your parents and with your family and everything. And it's just like a really hard realization. And especially, you know, just as you get older, you realize that. And especially when you're living far from your loved ones and seriously, just like, when you think of them, don't just think of them, you know, give them a call, give them a text, hug them as often and as much as you can, because life is so precious. So that's number 10. Number 11, embracing your authentic self is going to get you farther than trying to do what makes other people liked or respected. And this one's so pertinent because I think of social media nowadays, and it's truly just a game of you know, copying the most popular trend in an effort to get the same results as the person who 
gave that trend its footing you know what I mean the people who start a trend and like make something really pop off like the first person to sort of coin the hot girl aesthetic and that whole movement everything that came after that was just an attempt to get the same response and results as the first person who sort of coined that term and sort of made that an aesthetic right so then everybody that comes after that is it's really just a bunch of mimicry and like that's fine like we're humans that's natural but don't try to force yourself to fit into a mold for the sake of the results that someone else is getting. And when I say results, I'm not necessarily talking about numbers on social media. I can be speaking of that. You can, you know, take it that way. But I'm also just talking about the amount of attention that people get from doing something or the amount of praise that they get from doing something. Embracing your authentic self at the end of the day is going to be what gets you the true, genuine, support and respect from others whether that's on social media or in your real life that is going to get you sustained respect because people may see you and respect you for a moment if they see you doing something that worked for someone else but if it isn't true to you at the end of the day and you're constantly going back and forth between who you are and like whether that's the content you're putting out or it's the type of person that you're being in your life to the people around you you know, being your true self at the end of the day is ultimately going to get you that sustainable amount of, you know, respect and admiration from others. And it's just so much better to just really, you know, let yourself be who you are instead of trying to fit yourself into a box or follow what works for everyone else. And maybe what works for everyone else does work for you and that is authentic to you, but it's definitely not going to be the case across the board for everything. So it's truly just best to embrace your authentic self. Number 12, This kind of goes off of the last one. No amount of forcing yourself to fit into a mold will make you fit in it. And this one is so, this is a hard pill to swallow because I I truly don't know who I am sometimes when it comes to my life as a employee and like a corporate girl or whatever you want to call it. Because I think in college, I got to a point where I envisioned myself as a corporate girl at a big company and working a corporate job and then now that I'm in this corporate job I'm like this is so not me and I genuinely feel like I am zipping on a personality suit every single day that's just not me and I feel like because I had this visualization for my older self when I was in college to be that person I'm trying to force myself so hard to fit in this mold when I know and feel in my body and in my gut that this is just not where I'm meant to be or who I'm meant to be. And I can sit here for the next 20 years of my life and not make a change and try to force myself to fit in this mold, but I'm still just going to be knocking on the mold and not really fitting in it because it's, I can't sit here and try and force myself and expect all of the effort and force to get me into the mold if at the end of the day, it's not for me. And that goes for, when I say fit a mold, that could be a job, that could be, you know, making a friendship work, that could be making a relationship work, or, you know, trying to fit other people's expectations for you, whatever it may be, no amount of forcing it is going to make it fit. And it may feel like it fits for a period of time because you can fake it. You can fake it because, you know, there's the phrase, fake it till you make it. And you can fake it and it will work, but once again, it's not going to be something that's sustainable and it's not going to be something that has longevity and it won't last. You may make it fit for a period of time, 
but I like to think of a little popcorn kernel, like a popcorn kernel is going to eventually, you know, it can't fit in its mold for forever and it's just going to explode once it's, you know, can't fit in it anymore. And I think of that as with us, if we try to force ourselves to fit into a box or fit into a mold that we're not meant to be in in the first place, we may be able to stay in that box for a little bit, but eventually we're going to pop right back out of it because it's not where we belong. And number 12 is you don't need the nicest car, the nicest bag, apartment, shoes, or clothes. There's so much pressure with social media to have like the latest and greatest and have you know, the brand name and the luxury things. And I, for a period of time, I was like, oh, when I get my bonus for passing my CPA exam, I'm going to treat myself to like a luxury handbag and not saying I'm never going to own like a luxury handbag in my lifetime. But like at this point in my life right now, it's just genuinely not something I care about. And if I can say with confidence, if I were to get one right now, or if I were to have gotten one recently, it would absolutely have partially been for the way it would make others perceive me and not 100% for myself. And I never want to get one of those, obviously, unless it was like gifted or something. Um, I would never want to spend my own money on one of those unless I could say with 150% confidence that I was doing it for the right reasons and 150% for myself. And growing up, like I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like I had friends that had, you know, really, really nice things. And I would see that they'd have those things and I'd be like, oh, I need to have those types of things too. So like when I would get money, I would, you know, get the closest thing to it that I could. And I was literally just wasting my money in an effort to fit in and, you know, have what everyone else has. But like, you have to learn that like, you know, material thing is something that needs to be checked off. You know what I mean? Like it's not a to-do item to have the nicest car or or a luxury handbag or to have the nicest apartment you get what works for you at the end of the day and that's that and it's not up to anyone else to judge because it's you and it's your life and um I just think how there was that period of time where I was just like oh when I get my bonus for passing my CPA exams from work I'm gonna get myself a luxury handbag and like that time came and I was like yeah no every penny of that bonus is going straight to my wedding and that's exactly what it did so I just am thankful that I didn't you know force myself to buy into that and like granted do I think I deserve to get one for myself yes because I've worked very hard and I think that having a classic timeless bag that genuinely will last a long time would be great but you know what for now I'm good with my like bags that I find at freaking Princess Polly or TJ Maxx or whatever it may be like I'm good I don't even carry purses that often I'm like forcing myself to try and get something just for the way it would look to others and that's not a reason to get something and the same is true for you know having the nicest car like when I was getting my um new car back in 2021 I didn't even you know think that like I I really I'm really proud of myself honestly because I really and truly went through the whole car buying process with I had priorities for my car and I checked those boxes. I knew I wanted good gas mileage. I knew I wanted it to obviously be in my, you know, price range and everything. I knew I wanted a sunroof and I knew I didn't want fabric seats. And those were like my only, you know, things. And I feel like that's not being too picky with a car. And I ended up finding one that checked all those boxes. And I didn't worry for a second about whether it was, you know, a certain brand of car or whatever. And I just got what worked for me. And there's nothing that feels better than just unapologetically getting what works best for you and what represents you best and what's authentically you. Because the thing is, is if you're always trying to chase 
having the next big materialistic thing, whether that's a makeup product or a purse or a car or living at a certain apartment, whatever it may be, you are never going to be satisfied because you are not accepting yourself as what you love and what you want authentically because you're always chasing what other people have and you're always chasing what you think is going to, you know, make other people look at you a certain way and you're never going to be satisfied because you're just chasing things for the wrong reason. Number 14, you will never feel true happiness if you treat it like a checklist or if you make happiness contingent on things happening or not happening. I have talked about contingent happiness so much on this podcast and I've had like a whole episode on it and seriously, I truly think that so many of us in our 20s sit here and we say, we'll be happy when X or I'll feel happy when blank happens or doesn't happen or when I have this amount of money or when I find my significant other or when I get married, when I get my dream job. You will never, ever, ever, ever be happy if that's how you're allowing yourself to feel happiness. If you're not allowing yourself to feel happiness in the moment, you are seriously going to struggle because if you're basing the feeling of happiness on when things that are not guaranteed to happen happen or if you're basing it on you know having certain things it's just never going to be something that you can authentically feel because and you're just always going to feel very sad and let down because it's not a checklist item, you know what I mean? Happiness is truly in those little things in our day-to-day life and it's not about the things that we check off or the things we achieve or when we have certain things. And it's so important to realize that sooner rather than later or you will always be looking for happiness in the wrong places. And number 15, this one goes along with a quote from today's episode. Your best is not a fixed standard. It is something that will vary. I think of when I was in elementary school, there was always this quote and it was just like, or it wasn't even, I guess it was like a quote, but it was also just sort of like this little banner that was always up in all of my classrooms. And it was be the best you can be. And it always, like, I just saw that everywhere all the time in elementary school. And I think my mom had it on like a little sign or something too. But when you're young, you don't really understand that your best and perfection are not synonymous. And you don't understand that your best is something that's going to look different every day when you're little. So I took that quote and I ran with it for years, thinking that being the best you can be every day is being perfect every day. And I completely had it wrong. And then probably when I was in grad school, it literally took me until probably grad school to realize like, wait, my best self each day doesn't mean the most perfect version of myself. It means, you know, what I can give that day given the circumstances of everything else going on. Some days my 100% is going to look more like 20% and that's going to be my best. And then some days my 100% is going to look more like 300% and that's going to be my best. And it truly varies from day to day. And you can't think of your best as being something that is like this flatline standard that is always going to be the same no matter what. Your best is going to look so different every single day. It's going to vary with the way you're feeling, you know, whether that's emotions or your actual health. And it's going to vary with where you're at and what's what's expected of you of the day and, you know, what goals you need to reach and everything and 
all that type of stuff. So it's a little sad that it took me that long to realize that, but it is a hard truth that seriously cannot, I can't emphasize enough, like your best and perfect are not the same thing. And I feel like there's probably a lot of you listening to this that have never really thought about that before. And, or maybe you've heard that quote before and you've kind of subconsciously just always thought that meant like, okay, being my best means I've got to be like the most, my most perfect self every single day. But like, no, that's not what it means. So that's something that's been really hard for me to learn. Number 16, if you don't love and accept yourself, you'll look for it in other people and places. Self-acceptance is one of my core values and I have, you know, not accepted my authentic true self for basically like my whole life. And I've tried to, you know, be somebody I'm not for the sake of pleasing other people or for the sake of being perceived a certain way for my whole life. And, you know, in doing all of that, I have looked for validation in the wrong people and in the wrong places. And it has caused so much hurt over the years because I have, you know, ran to the wrong things and relied on the wrong things to provide me with my self-esteem and validation, things that are fleeting and not guaranteed or people that are, you know, not always going to be in my life, whatever it may be. Because if you don't fully love and accept yourself at the end of the day, you're constantly going to rely on other people to provide that for you. And it's just going to cause, you know, some habits or some, you know, hostility and relationships and friendships and everything if you're just not 100% accepting yourself and loving yourself and really showing that love to yourself too and you know relying on other people to make you whole or other things to make you whole because no amount of searching is going to find you the wholeness that loving yourself and accepting yourself will. Number 17, learning your core values is the most important thing you can do for yourself. And I'm not going to talk a lot about this one because I feel like I talk y'all's ear off about core values. I know I talked about it last week. I've done full episodes on core values, but it's something that I learned and assessed in therapy and it absolutely changed my life. And it's especially the most important when you're making big decisions like purchasing a home, choosing a job or career or a college major you know, finding a romantic partner, whatever it may be, learning your core values is so, so important because it is such a strong basis and foundation to fall back on, especially when you're making decisions like that. Number 18, no amount of effort or trying to prove yourself will guarantee someone or something will stay in your life. Anything can happen. And this one is something that I learned, you know, with friendships and with like relationships in the past, no matter how much you try and like prove your worth to someone, if they're not willing to accept you as you are, like no amount of effort on your part is going to change their mind and you shouldn't try to change their mind. Like you should just accept them where they're at and like move on, whether that's a friendship, relationship, a job that doesn't respect you and your worth, you know, move on and anything can happen. And you can really give your 150% to something or someone and it isn't going to promise that, you know, they're going to be there the next day, whether that's the job or the person or, you know, I don't know, whatever it may be. You can seriously, I think a lot of us as a coping mechanism and as a way to sort of make us feel like we're doing all we can to you know, keep someone or something around or in our life, we overcompensate and we just like really give our everything and more because it gives us this false feeling of security that if we give our everything and more, then we aren't giving that person 
a reason to leave or we aren't giving that job a reason to fire us or whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, we can't control that. Anything can happen. You can give your all and more. And at the end of the day, you can still lose your job. You can still lose that person. And it's totally not really up to you. However, it is nice to, you know, look back and say, you know what? I gave it my all and like I I don't have to question whether or not I gave it my all. But in the same breath, it is, you know, a little bit of a letdown when you realize, man, I gave my everything and more and it still wasn't enough. But when you say that, you can't take it personally and say that it's a problem with yourself. Because if you've given your all and more and it wasn't enough, then, you know, you need to be somewhere where your all and more is respected and valued the way it should be. Number 19, always meet people where they're at. This one I've talked about before too, how I feel like I've always seen people for their full potential, which I think is a great trait and quality to have as a human because it really gives you this, you know, encouraging nature and and just dynamic in your friendships and relationships where you're like a really good encourager for the people in your life. But at the same time, it can place some expectations onto people that they not may they may not be feeling ready to fulfill, for example. And, you know, meeting people where they're at is so much better than, you know, coming to them with expectations, especially if they aren't being communicated and they aren't aware of the expectations that you've set for them in your own head. So meeting people where they're at is so, so important. And I think it's just a thing of respect, honestly, when it comes to friendships, relationships, work, whatever it may be. Number 20, don't mistake your perceptions or ideals as reality. And a lot of times we may like perceive something to be true, or we may think that we have a good understanding of, you know, something going on. And the reality is, is that we don't, but sometimes we think that our perception of something or our opinion of something or an ideal version of something is reality. And as a result, we can, you know, let ourselves down by thinking that those things are reality because once we have the reality check that they aren't a reality, we sort of set ourselves up for disappointment. And it's important to, you know, be able to distinguish, okay, just because I have this opinion on something doesn't necessarily mean it's right or wrong and it doesn't necessarily need to be right or wrong or just because you have like a certain perception of a situation doesn't mean it's like your actual reality. And I think of this especially with like the workplace, for example, I will convince myself that I am like, you know, doing a terrible job or that my coworkers think I'm doing a terrible job or they hate me, whatever it may be, and be super dramatic and I will, I, that's the perception I'll have in my head. And you really just have to let go of that because that doesn't, just because you have that perception doesn't mean it's the reality. And, you know, especially if you're somebody who just like overthinks a lot, that's going to be the case for a lot of things in your life where you have overanalyzed a situation to the point of creating this false reality in your head and having this perception of something that's like so far from the truth because you've overanalyzed it and like absolutely pulverize the actual reality and it can totally be detrimental to your mental health and to your actual performance if you are living your life and what your actions are based off of a false reality or perception that you have in your head so it's really important to remember that and I think especially it's very true in the workplace number 21 this one's actually a quote I saw on Pinterest and it says opportunity dances with those already on the dance floor 
I love that quote so much. I want it tattooed on my freaking lip. Like literally if it could fit on my lip, I would get it tattooed on my lip. Um, and I would literally just like be flashing it all day, all night. Like I love that quote so much because it really goes along with the point I said earlier. Um, number seven, no one is going to take the chance for you. If there are opportunities in your life, the only people, or in life in general, let's just say in general, in life in general, there are opportunities for everyone. You know what I mean? Like there are opportunities for you that may be the same as an opportunity I have. Then there's going to be opportunities I have that you don't have, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, the opportunities that are presented to us are not going to become anything more than an opportunity if we don't get on a dance floor with the opportunity and we don't give it a shot. You know what I mean? If we don't take that chance. And it's so important to remember that and remember that, you know, inaction is not going to turn into action just because time passes. And that is something that's been really hard for me to realize because I like to just rely on time as sort of my safe self ideally does you know like because I am somebody who is so risk averse I sort of in my head my safety and the way I prioritize safety says oh if you just like let enough time pass then like it'll happen no that's not the case opportunity only is going to dance with the people already on the dance floor so the people who are out there taking chances are the ones who are going to get those opportunities that follow up from taking that chance and everything and I just absolutely love that quote Number 22, you don't always need to be fixing something. You are not a project. I feel like I, my whole life, I've just been in this, especially I will say in the last like five years, I've been on this constant quest of self-improvement. I mean, shoot, this entire episode, or not this entire episode, but yes, this episode too. This entire podcast is about self-improvement, you know? And it's important to remember, especially as somebody who hosts a self-improvement podcast and somebody whose whole online presence is sort of centered around like their lifestyle and self-improvement in general, it's really important to remember that you don't constantly have to be working on yourself and fixing something. It's okay to literally just exist as you are. And it's been really hard for me to like learn and accept that, especially when I'm pumping out content about self-improvement all the time, because it makes me feel like I constantly need to be working on those things. And don't get me wrong, self-improvement is so great and it is absolutely transformative, especially if you do it in a very like balanced and healthy way. But you don't always need to be fixing something. And with that being said, like don't become someone that is just always looking for something to fix. So like if you're like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, work on self-improvement for a while. I'm just going to let myself exist. You have to be careful to not transfer that desire to be fixing something or improving something to something else in your life. Because a lot of times I find when I try to like lay low on the self-improvement and just sort of exist... I start to look for problems in other places. You know what I mean? And I'm like, "Mm, what could use some work in other areas of my life? And it's okay to just exist. And like, yes, it's good to be able to identify those problems, but you don't always have to be working on something or fixing something because you're just constantly going to be exhausted if that's the case. And you're just never going to be satisfied either if that's the case, if you can't just be present and accept yourself as you are and meet people where they're at. And that's really important to remember. Number 23, nothing changes if nothing changes. Um, This goes along with that quote that I had in an episode several weeks ago that said, what you are not changing, you are choosing. And I love that quote so much because 
it's really a slap in the face for anyone who is like really wanting to make a change but just can't really push themselves to make a change. When you look at it from the perspective of, oh, I'm choosing this, it really hits different. And it really reminds you like, oh man, I each day that passes that I'm not choosing to take action and make a change, I am making the choice to stay the same. And when you have that perspective, it lights a little bit of a fire under your freaking butt to like get moving and make a change. And it's just so important to remember, you know, you can't rely like a big theme clearly on the 25 things I've learned is that you can't rely on time or another person to make decisions, take actions and take risks for you at the end of the day. And number 24, you can't rely on time to heal you. And this one is so big because there are so many things that I went through, high school, college, whatever, that were really painful and I shoved them under the rug and I've talked about it before, so I won't go into detail, but there are things that I've experienced that were painful for me and I shoved the feelings under the rug because they were too hard to deal with at the time. And I was like, you know what? If I just shove this under the rug, it'll, you know, just become dust under the rug and with as time passes, I'll be healed. No big deal. Did I think I was healed years later? Absolutely. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I shoved that under the rug and nothing about it. You know, I I don't have to worry about it anymore. It happened. It's over. It's done. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's going to end up resurfacing and like hitting you in the face and hurting so much harder because you're having to sort of open up an old wound in a way, whereas it would have been much easier to just, you know, deal with the wound while it was open rather than reopening it and then having to try and heal it. And I just really think I had the perspective when I was younger that if I just give things time, everything will heal on its own. No, time only heals if you actually put in the effort to heal things yourself. You can't rely on time to actually initiate and do the healing process for you. Does time heal all? Yes, but time only heals all if you are putting in the effort to heal yourself. And I know I mentioned that in an episode recently. I don't remember what episode it was, but I know I mentioned it. And it's so, so true because you can fool yourself into thinking you're healed, but whether it's five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, whatever it is you're suppressing is going to come back and it's going to present itself again, whether it's reminding you of what hurt you in the past or whether it's being hurt in the same way again many years later you can't rely on the passing of time itself to do the healing for you and the next thing number 25 where energy goes energy flows and what I mean by this is you know what you give life and energy and effort to you will get life and energy and effort out of and I've noticed this especially just with like friendships, relationships, and things that I've just really put a lot of time and effort in into my life. So for example, working out and prioritizing my health. I've put so much time and effort into prioritizing my health despite my busy schedule, especially over the last eight months, I would say. The last eight months more so than any other time in my life. And let me tell you, it's just been so fruitful to it's been so fruitful of a season now I'm like real now that I'm eight months into it I'm like wow I am absolutely seeing a massive change in my energy in my you know happiness and in just how I feel in my day-to-day life and it's just life-changing because I've given so much time and energy into it I'm now experiencing the flow of that fruitful energy out of it and I think the same is true for your friendships your relationships your 
um, job and everything. And if you are putting in effort, like you will see results. It's just, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think of my relationship too, for example, I feel like my fiance and I recently have just really been making more and more of an effort to, you know, really be intentional with our time together. Are we perfect at it? No, but be intentional with our time together and like force ourselves to do things that really, you know, make us connect and everything and not just go through emotions. And it's been so fruitful for our relationship and it's sort of just felt like a honeymoon phase um recently in a way and I'm not saying all the time but like I have days where I feel like I'm you know like a little kid in love and like I'm meeting him for the first time again and that's a beautiful thing to be able to say after five and a half years of being together you know what I mean so the things that you give life to you will get life from it's not a matter of you know, if, like I said, it's a matter of when. And those are the 25 things I have learned at 25 years old. And I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And I am so thankful for each and every one of you for choosing to listen when you listen. And I can't express enough gratitude for your support and just for being a part of my life. Um, Y'all don't realize it, but like each and every one of you that consumes any of my content, you are an integral part of my life. And I know it can feel like one-sided because you're just consuming content from me, but like you all mean so much to me and um, my life absolutely would not be the same without you all in it as supporters and as listeners, viewers, whatever it may be. But I love y'all so much and I hope you have a fabulous week and I will talk to y'all next Monday.